You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Lisa Longball-Vluswick will join us. Eight-time Canadian Long Drive champion. We'll get a end-of-season assessment of your gear. We'll get some long driving tips from Lisa as well. How to bomb those shots off the tee. And uh, we'll get the latest on her. When, when is she competing again? What's her routine, too? And we just talked a lot of uh, a lot of equipment with Caleb Joseph. We'll talk. We'll obviously talk more equipment with Lisa Longball. It's gear day. I, yeah, it definitely is. Um, if you missed that conversation with Caleb, I think we definitely got to replay that thing, Patrick, today. Because oh yeah, uh, Caleb that was fascinating. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I'm biased. I don't know. I was here. It's part of it. Mm. I thought it was good. I had a lot of fun. Learned a lot. But you should know me by now. I'm like, eh, that interview wasn't the best. But that was fun. Mm-hmm. Plenty of a ton of fun with our you next guest. You know what we ran out of Atlas. time to talk to him about is how much Alejandro Kirk moves behind the plate when Chris Bassett's pitching. I was fascinated by that in their last start. Next okay, time. we'll save that for next, next time. time. I'm going to put a pin in it. Put it on the whiteboard. Sure. Um, Brendan Parker, host of Flames TV on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline, joins us. Uh, Brendan, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, we're excited for the uh, the Flames Charity Golf Tournament on Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, the luncheon, and then the golf tournament on Wednesday. Uh, what are you doing for this thing? Well, you guys are in it, both playing? Yeah, we are on the Wednesday, yeah. You sound surprised by that. I, well, I, I'm just making sure. I just I just want to know that your sticks are ready. I mean, it's a, it's a big, it's a big uh, priority. You got to get in there. You got to play well. You got to have some fun. Uh, okay. I'm playing, too. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll have the sticks out. Um I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it, it always is kind of, it feels like the first day of school. Yes. To me. <laughs> yes. It always feels very first day of school. It's, there's a, there's a Christmas in the air usually. Um, okay. sometimes we've not had the best weather, but it has been, uh, it's also, it's such a great tournament. There's so many good people there. Uh, so many familiar faces, obviously the players are all back by then, but it has a real first day of school vibe to it. It's like, okay. Hockey season is definitely here, and uh, and it starts after this. But it, it's a, it's a great day. Okay, so I'm I'm definitely um, playing for the first time. Like, what should I expect? You're saying you should play well. Like, it's competitive. Like, mm-hmm. take me through the day. Like, what what's the golf like? Who are we going to be paired with? You think? Like, how does it all work? So so it starts on the Tuesday. There's the luncheon uh, the luncheon on the Tuesday. That's when you find out who your groups are. You know which players you're playing with, who's who's all uh, what what course you're on. There's two different courses, Country Hills and uh, and Glen Eagles, and so you'll find out your course, your pairings, what the group looks like. You'll get your swag bag. Um, you know th- that's kind of the exciting day. And then Wednesday, it's like first thing in the morning. You get there, you have your breakfast. It's it's kind of a full day activity. Hopefully, there's no rain. Uh, I think last year was a beautiful day. Um, and then, yeah, and then you play, you know, play the, I was joking about the playing well thing. I think that's probably the least important part of it. Uh, the most important <laughs> part is really just having a lot of fun with your group. Um, but it, you know, it's always nice to see, you know, a few birdies roll in, maybe a couple Eagles here and there. Uh, I don't know what your games are looking like right now, 
Um, but but there's a it's a big group, right? And it's a scramble, mm-hmm. so you just have to hit one shot, you know, every once in a yeah. while. I, I, the the stress of these events are kind of taken off of your shoulders because you, you know you get a couple of throwaways here and there, and then and then you smash a couple down the fairway, and everybody's good again, right? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a win win win. So then, yeah, I think like historically though. You know, you got to be kind of in that. Uh, you know, there's a there's a low uh, gross winner, and then you know, low total. I, I think historically though, you're probably going to have to be in the 59, 58 area. Yeah. Oh it. my goodness. Like 15 so, under, yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's a few like really good groups who are always going to be bringing it, and then there's always the uh, you know the runner up prize where you can look at the. Uh, you know, most honest, I believe we call it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's when yeah, of course, you know, your score is very reflective of no cheats, no, uh, no cut around. So, so there's a, you know, there's a winner for everybody. Yeah, we usually uh, get partnered up, George, with uh, like the the players and everybody. You'll either get paired up with sponsors that work with the Flames, or there's a season ticket holder draw as well. So season ticket holders have to enter in a draw, and then some of them get picked. And that's who I ended up playing with last year was for you know season ticket members. Like, how disappointing would that be that somebody's excited to play with the player and then they get us? Yeah, that's, there, that's, that's always the concern, right? There was a yeah. lot of apologizing as we went through that round last year. I'm yeah. going to say that much. Yeah. You have to make Man, up look, for it in other ways, trying and, like, do juggling or, like, tap dancing, other yeah, little magician yeah. tricks yeah, to try and like, keep everybody involved. Make sure everyone's hydrated maybe the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, c- could you imagine, yeah. like... Y- you're super excited. Like, am I going to get you know Lindholm? I'd love to play with Tanev. You know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see how far Jacob Markstrom hits it. Maybe and I it's even like, like great. To see I got Walker George Russick. Yeah. You're like, ugh. <laughs> oh, great! I get to play well, with Brendan gotta, Parker and Matt Rose. Great. Stage. You gotta set the stage right when you get there at the course, and then and then you just gotta you gotta you gotta just be the the fun guy. You gotta just you know enjoy yeah. it, and uh, and then everything will take care of itself. And then you know maybe maybe you become the golfer. Maybe he's maybe they're like, oh man, we we're a little disappointed at the first day. I'll be honest, but uh, we really came around by the, by yeah. the turn. All you right. know, we felt really good about our selection. You know, you make them make them turn them out. You know what? Though at the end of the day, you know it's all about raising money. So so by the end of the tournament, you know we get to the dinner at the end. Everybody's had a great day on the course. You know, everybody's had a few uh, few drinks. Everybody's had, you know, a couple of uh, laughs. And then you go and have a dinner. We listen to, you know, there's a couple of speeches. And then uh, by the end of it, the most important thing is that they've raised, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for uh, for local charities. And that's the uh, that's the real big winner. This is this is for the Calgary Flames Foundation. It is, you know, one of their biggest fundraising uh, events of the entire year calendar year and obviously it's huge because it involves every single player all the alumni there's there's pretty much it's a who's who of calgary flames that'll mm. be there and uh and it is a uh it's kind of like a must-have event for any any flames fan so that's why yeah, it's i just want to hot commodities uh, absolutely i just want to apologize beforehand to the group i'm going to be paired with uh, sorry for <laughs> disappointing you can definitely um, confirm that there were people in my group last year who did not know who I was or the station. Well, so, again, we're not good. Like, it's funny how we're quote celebrities. You and I are anything but celebrities. Um, Brendan wanted Speak to ask you. Yourself. Okay. Uh, wanted to ask you, uh, Brendan, what is the over under, uh, uh, how many questions it'll take, uh, for Elias Lindholm to get asked about his contract extension? Two, one. Oh, yeah. I wonder if maybe there's uh it depends if the first question, does it, does it count if the first question's on camera? Because I could see that there might be a question of like, how was your summer first? I don't know if that'll be like, sure. 
you know, posted on the interview, but, but I'm guessing it would be, uh, yeah, one and a half, I think would probably be the correct over under on that. Um, yeah, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll certainly be asked about it a few different ways. And, and, you know, Elias is a smart guy. He's well aware of what's, what's going to be coming his way and he'll be well prepared to answer the question. Um, but, but, uh, without a doubt, it's going to be, you know, probably one of the most, uh, most watched guys coming out of the parking lot at Country Hills on Wednesday for sure. Yeah, it sounds like he's made his way over to Calgary as well. What do you kind of look for around this type of around this time of year? Because you know you've been around the team a little bit through a lot of this type of stuff. There's obviously young players coming in, guys coming in for second season. What are some of the things you're looking for, maybe away from Elias Lindholm? Yeah, you know what I think for me. You know, it's going to be kind of interesting to see, you know, what changes there are, you know, if any or how noticeable they are with, you know, the change, the changes where we saw them. Obviously, the player, the personnel, you know, there's not much of a difference there. I think it's largely the same core that's coming back, uh, largely, the you know, the same important pieces, you know, with exception to a couple here and there. And Sharon Govich and Toffoli, obviously, and, you know, Jordan Osterley's in here now. But but for the most part, it's OK. What What is it going to look like under? you know, a first-year head coach in Ryan Huska. He's been around, but this is his first opportunity to kind of make his own stamp on things. And based on everything we've been hearing, you know, from players and some of those conversations, you know, there are a few things that he's going to want to put in place. And, you know, I think maybe most importantly, you know, for me, what I'll be watching for is how does it affect the offense or what does it do to the offense? I mean, you know, it sounds like, you know, they want to instill a little bit more creativity there, especially from the blue line in you know, once you take care of your defensive responsibilities, kind of open things up a little bit. And you got a guy like Mark Savard coming in to help that side of things. And, you know, in the conversations we've had over the summer, you know, briefly, it's an exciting guy to talk to because he's he's got a ton of energy. Uh, you know, one of his big priorities was making sure, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll handle our business. We'll do our things that we have to do. But we want this to be a fun environment. We want guys to, to want to be here. And what happens when that happens is that you start playing for each other. You start picking each other up. And, and, and I think that's how they're going to kind of design that offense. Like, let's come in here. Let's have some fun. Let's be creative. Let's, you know, make sure we're doing our, our details and taking care of it because Husk's a, Husk's a detailed-oriented uh, coach and always has been. But, but once, once that's done, you know, let's see what we can do in the offensive zone and let's try and score some more goals and let's create. And I think that's kind of one of those exciting opportunities that, that that's one thing that for sure I'll be looking at is can we see that through training camp? You know, I'm not sure you're going to see it early, but as, as training camp goes on and exhibition games come, you know, what's that going to look like? You've been around this team early season. How much do you think these guys worry or think about the uh, fitness testing portion. And what is your thoughts on that day? I like it. It's exciting for me because it's good radio fodder and I don't actually have to participate in the tests. Yeah, I think you'd, I feel like you'd feel a little differently if you had to get on a bike, maybe. But For uh, sure. Confirmed. Yes. I feel like it's one of those days that uh, I don't I don't know that you could ever feel completely comfortable with. You know, I think there's guys who've been around long enough that know what to expect and know how to handle it. Uh, but I would imagine that there's still a little bit of nerves, no matter what. I mean, just, you want to make sure that you test well, you know, if you're a veteran, if you, if you're a guy that prides yourself on being, you know, at the top of that class, you want to make sure you show that you want to make sure you demonstrate that. But then, you know, if you're a rookie or a young guy, that's kind of your first chance coming into camp to, to, 
you know, show that you put in the work over the summer. That's really your, your those numbers when they come out. That's kind of like, and, and you know that management looks at it. You know the coaching staff's aware of it because when they leave for the summer, that's that's mission number one. It's come back. Let's, let's be ready to go for the season. And if the numbers don't reflect it, then you know that's not off to the best start. So I think there's probably a little bit of stress that comes with it. But um, you know, if you put in the work over the summer, then you're prepared. You're probably not super worried about it. Um, you just got to survive the bike test, and then off you go. Mm-hmm. Brendan Parker, host on Flames TV, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, Big Show, Ruskin Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. How excited are you watch Matt Coronado? Yeah, really excited. I, I think that that's another one of those things. And, and, you know, we could go down the roster, I suppose, if we wanted to talk about, you know, must-watches and, and interesting storylines. But I think for sure, without a doubt, he's – he's going to be one of those guys at the top. And I think, you know, that's another part of me. That's another one of those, um, you know, things that we learned over the summer from the management side is that uh, they're going to be given a full, full look, a full opportunity in camp. You know, there's, there's not going to be, you know, roles that are set in stone and, and it's not going to be given to them, but younger players, Walker Dewar, who kind of earned that opportunity late last year, Matt Coronado, um, you know, Jacob Pelche, those guys are going to get a long look. They're going to get, a lot of exhibition games, you know, those are generally tailored to younger guys, but though those are going to be spots that are are open for them to to put in the time in the exhibition season, and and uh, and a, and a chance for them to earn that spot. And I think he's at the top of that list because, you know, obviously we know you know he can score. He's got he's got that track record going all the way back through junior and then into college. Uh, how does it translate? You know, we saw one game and and. Uh, and, and an opportunity to practice with the guys. And I'm sure he took a lot out of that, but you know, we saw him in development camp over the summer and he'd already looked like he'd put in, you know, some work in the gym, looked a little stronger, looked a little leaner. And then he's, you know, looked a little quicker. And so I'm kind of excited to see what the rest of the summer was for him coming off that world championships, playing with some, some pros over there and then, and what it can look like early. And, and I think he's motivated too. I think he's excited for that opportunity that, you know, that he's, he's talked about. And now it's, now it's his opportunity to come in and, and kind of just grab a hold of it and not let it go. And I think, I think he'll be ready for it too. I, I, I think I get the sense that he's a kid that you know, will seize that opportunity. Brendan, I look at this roster and the one guy that I see that might be an odd man out here and kind of a make or break season is Adam Brzezicka. Maybe a thought on what you saw from him last year and what needs to happen for him to kind of be a, a full-time flame here moving forward. Yeah, he's a guy, uh, another guy that obviously, you know, over the course of the season found himself, you know, sitting in the press box, you know, a fair amount, I think, way more than he would have wanted to, obviously. And, and you know, he's a big guy. He's got great hands, really good skill set. And, and when he got an opportunity in a high offensive role, you know, last year really thrived in it um, for a stretch of time. And then it kind of it kind of came off a little bit. I think for, for Adam, you know, I think that maybe is part of a learning curve is, is the consistency and how, how to make sure that, that that part of the game never really dips or slides. And I think that's what, as a coaching staff, you're looking for. But, but as a centerman, a big centerman, I think, you know, you want to see him be aggressive. You want to see him, you know, kind of dictate, use his size to his advantage, use his skill. And, and be, you know, a guy that every shift he's out there is noticeable. I think, you know, as a centerman, you know, he's got an opportunity, um, you know, once again in this, in, this, in this lineup, if you look at kind of the depth chart, in the, you know, there's, there's opportunities there. So, so go in and, and kind of, you know, dictate things more aggressively. I think that's the one thing that, you know, sometimes you can kind of, 
you know, slide back or maybe be, you know, not as noticeable, not as impactful in different areas of the game. And I think, you know, the consistency for him is the number one priority. But I, I think he's got the tools. I think he's got the skill set. Maybe some of the maturity of being around the league a little bit more often will help him. But, you know, use that stretch of games. You know, where where were you successful? I know it was on the wing as well, uh, you know, when he had that, you know, massive point output, you know, through the middle portion of the season last year. But um, that doesn't change anything. I mean, you can be impactful wherever you are, wherever that opportunity is. Mm-hmm. But as a centerman, just make sure that you're you're part of the fabric of the game throughout it and, and be aggressive. Just Just get – make sure that you're part of it the whole time. The training camp is going to be just around the corner here. Um, sooner rather than later, we're all going to be hanging out down in the bunker at the Saddle Dome doing media the whole nine yards. Um, what is the best preseason game? Is it the first one because it's finally here, or is it the last one because it's finally over? <laughs> so those are two. Those are two different feelings. Uh, the first one, I think there is a little bit of excitement, but then you realize quickly, you know, eight preseason games. A lot of that's a lot of preseason <laughs> hockey. Uh, you know, and then I think I, I, I always kind of it to me, it's like how many jobs are up for grabs? Like, is there a player that's maybe surprised? There's always, you know, somebody who's had a great camp. You know, you think back to the years where, you know, Dylan Dubé was was really pushing for jobs and had camps that were just undeniable and they had to keep putting them in. And then that adds some intrigue to me when you get later in the preseason. You don't know that early on. I think maybe the first one's okay. Then you kind of hit the stretch of, all right, who's coming and, and who's who's stringing some games together and who's playing almost every night, you know? And then when you get to the last couple, to me it's like either get this get this over with so we can get to the real thing or is there somebody who's who's knocking on the door? Is there somebody who's been undeniable? And then that that kind of adds some intrigue for me in the in the last last preseason game or two. And I kind of get the sense this year that we'll have one or two of those. One of those one or two of those where there's, you know, two or three guys and maybe only one spot or maybe two spots or, you know, um, you know, maybe one spot on the, on the opening night roster and one on the, in the press box. And, you know, what's it going to look like? And I think this year might be one of those years where, you know, there could be some open competition late in the preseason where it'll be must watch. What are you expecting out of Jacob Markstrom? Uh, I expect a full, full, you know, kind of bounce back year from, from Jacob Markstrom. Not that, you know, it wasn't, you know, a year where uh, it it was it was bad by any means. I think there was stretches, um, you know, where you kind of look back and and you, you would have liked to see something a little bit different in terms of the the outcomes. And some of it was tough, tough um, offensive help as well. But you know, I think for Jacob Markstrom, you just the way that he's wired, and you see him and, and his competitiveness. Um, you know how how elite he you know, his standards are of himself. I expect him to be, you know, kind of the Jacob Markstrom that we saw two years ago and the one that we've seen over the course of his career. I mean, he's a guy that likes to work. He likes to be um, used as often as possible. I think that's one thing, you know, they'll have to manage that. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, sort of what that looks like in the crease for the Flames this year, because, you know, you got Dustin Wolf there knocking on the door. You got Dan Vladar, who made the most starts of his NHL career last year and obviously was, uh, you know, a backup that, you know, logged a pretty good stretch of games last season in kind of a starter role for the first time as well and, and you know, handled himself pretty well. Um, so what what does the workload look like? And 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 what is he, you know, what, what type of stretch does he put together in terms of game started? Because I think 
you know, he's a guy that likes to work. And, and when he's feeling good, he's one of the top guys in the National Hockey League. And that's kind of what I expect to see from him. I just wonder, you know, sort of how that, how that looks or what the plan is. And I'm sure it'll change over the course of the season based on how everyone's feeling. But, you know, I think early on, I just expect Jacob Markstrom to be, you know, kind of a focused guy who's, who's dialed in right from the start because that's all I've ever known of him when, when he arrived in Calgary. You know, his mindset and his expectations of himself are as high as it gets. And, and you just know that with a competitiveness the way that he has, he'll be dialed in right from the start this season. And, and, and I'm sure you'll hear that from him, that he'll be, he'll be ready to come in and be one of the top guys in the league, more reliable for this team every single night, and I think he will be. How, how important does October and November feel like, Brendan? With all these question marks around guys with expiring deals, I really feel like this team needs to get off to a good start. Otherwise, just those questions and those pressures are just going to continue to mount as we head into Christmas time. I think, I don't know, this isn't really, this is more of a statement than a question, but I just think October and November are just so critical for the Flames to get off to a solid start to see what the future lies for a lot of these guys on the roster. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, and I, and I think even even from a standpoint of you look back to the year, you know, two years ago when you finished, you know, first place in the Pacific Division, you know, what did your October look like? Your October and November were pretty strong, right? And I think you know, in a year where you're coming off a season where you missed the playoffs, you know, you also you want to you want to set the table for that for that confidence. You you come back in here and and you know if you struggle in those months, it it kind of plants that seed of doubt too, and. You know, I know this team believes in the group that they have, but in order to kind of, you know, instill that, lock that in early on, I, I think you need to have some success in October and November for sure. And I, I think they're, you know, obviously capable of that. It's it to me though, it's about, you know, when you come in early and you, you have some success, the belief is there, you know, you have some that new feeling around the rink that everyone's kind of talking about that positivity. I think that gets wasted if you struggle early on and, you know, in a year where they're still, the goal is to get back into the playoffs. Uh, uh, absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think I think you want to get off to a strong start because that certainly creates the question marks. You know, throughout everything, if you start to get into December and and are kind of struggling behind the pack, so come in and 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 instill that confidence right off the bat, and then see where you're at because it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting division again this year, and there's going to be some strength at the top of it. But but there's no question that the Flames, with the group that they have, can be part of that mix. But I think October and November will be crucial, yeah. Brendan Parker, host on Flames TV, a fellow quote-unquote celebrity like myself and uh, Matty Rose. It's never a good thing when you have to uh, outline or detail the reason you're the celebrity. That's usually the... Yeah. Oh, you're you're playing with us. What do you do? Uh, I host a little radio show on Sports at yeah. 60. Oh, good for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, they go to one of the organizers. They're like, "Is this right?" Yeah. Maybe what you guys could do is just kind of write out your bios, um, just and then a, put them on the golf on a t-shirt. It's kind of a yeah, yeah, a t-shirt or be just kind of plant it to the front of your golf cart. I mean, whatever works. I'm just gonna yep. everyone's... record it, play it on a loop out of yeah. a speaker out of my cart, sure. just so everyone knows. Well, Brendan, Everyone how many times you've been asked if you here. know Eric Francis? <laughs> Actually, uh, very few times. Uh, okay. I don't think that's ever come right. up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe and, and, I'll and ask you does. at the golf tournament when I see you. Yeah. Uh, thanks, pal. That would be a first. Who do you no, get asked even... about the most? You're like, <laughs> do you know this person? Yeah. Uh, 
You know what? It probably actually is, Eric. Yeah. I, I <laughs> See? Deny, I usually just deny that I even know him, though. I'm usually like, no. He doesn't no, talk heard, to any I've, of us. I've heard mixed things. I, I tend to stay away from it. <laughs> Eric and I actually just recently golfed together, too. So uh, I can attest that um, even if his celebrity doesn't match the level of, and the caliber of, of the others at the tournament, his golf game should. His mm. golf game yeah. should be. So yes. I'm not sure if he's playing as a celebrity or not, but I'm, he, he can no, he can swing him from time to time. I just I just prefer to pretend like I don't know him though. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like safe. that. I like that approach. Real safe. Um, Brendan Parker, uh, Flames TV. <laughs> we'll see you at the golf tournament on uh, Wednesday, pal. Thanks for this. All right, can't wait, fellas. We'll see you then. All right, um, straight ahead, Lisa Longball Vluswick will join us. Eight-time Canadian Long Drive champion. Uh, how do you store your clubs away uh, for the winter? Should you be buying clubs right now when you think your swing is maybe where it should be towards the end of the season? Should you wait till the spring? Do I need new Lots grips? Lots of questions. What's that? Do I need new grips? Ooh, do I wash the grips? Do I keep them? How do I wash the grips? Should like, I buy balls of... now while they're on sale or should I wait? Like they're just going to yeah. sit in storage all, all winter? I don't know. Yeah. Um, these are things we can ask uh, Lisa Longball. And we'll do uh, plays of the week. Yes. Yes. Like it's always in quotation marks. Yes. Like it's become my favorite isn't. part of the week for multiple reasons. One, hilarious. Two, it means it's the weekend. It's true. Um, and thankfully, I'm off Monday, Tuesday because I've been really grinding on this show. Yeah, you really pressing hard. I'm pooped. Yeah, poor guy. I'm pooped. All right, Lisa Longball next. Big show, Russell and Rose, Sports at nine sixty. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio it's the big show russick and rose sportsnet 960 the fan breaking news from the fibas the germans knock off the americans 113 111 huge franz upset wagner, in the semifinals man. franz wagner 22 points five rebounds uh wagner was great uh wagner was great daniel tice was great dennis schroeder was great so Canada's got to play the United States for bronze now at the FIBA. Oh, that'd be That's great. still kind of awesome, That's actually. Two forty-five awesome. in the morning on Sunday. Set a pot of coffee on. Let's go. Yeah, uh, that'll be good. I don't know how well motivated the states are going to be for that bronze medal. Yeah, much I, like when I, Canada lost in the shootout in Nagano way back when, and, and then, then they, they just lost got the their doors blown off by blown off again. <laughs> there you blown go. Yes, off. yes. Now we have both of us saying it. Um, <laughs> and the German Finland. coach is Canadian too. Oh, look at that! Yeah, Gordy Herbert. So you can tell, Canada, former member you, of Canada basketball. As soon as you look at him, you're like, that guy's not German. That guy yeah. looks like a Canadian. He uh, big win by Germany. They'll play Serbia now for gold at the FIBAs. Uh, but you're right kind of surprised now, at um, how many Germans or NBA players are on this German team. Not gonna lots. Man, yeah, Dirk, yeah, Dirk good. led the way. Yeah, yeah, Disco Dirk. Yes, sir. Um. Lisa Longball of Lucewick, eight-time Canadian Long Drive champion. Uh, she's also a keynote speaker, one of our favorites, uh, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, Lisa, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, the golf season, unfortunately, is uh, it's it's on the back nine, so to speak, in Alberta nice. with uh, flipping the calendar uh, to September. Uh, Lisa, how do you how do you kind of slow down on the golf season? Like, how do you kind of start to shut things down? What do you do with your game? Like, what are you trying to focus on with your game as uh, winter approaches and we put the clubs away? 
Well, I think it's getting some rounds in. I think as Canadians, uh, especially where we live, you know, obviously Vancouver has year-round golf, but most of the rest of Canada does, does not. So it, it's trying to get the last few rounds in of 18 holes. So, like, I tried to book a, a tee time at my home course uh, on Monday for this Saturday. First tee time available, 4.15. So I'm not the only one having this idea, guys. <laughs> no, is there a specific thing? Like, is it because I think touch is the one that that takes longest to get back. Like what what is something you like to specifically work on in your game before you kind of shut things down? Yeah, you know what? Probably wedge work. Like I find that you don't get to work on wedge, wedge play, sand play. Really, the short game stuff. Even though the long drives my my bread and butter, um, you can really you can hit. Luckily, again in Calgary, we have lots of opportunities for in, indoor do- golf domes or heated stalls uh, at outdoor ranges that we we really can swing all year long. But it's the short game stuff when you actually get to putt on grass. You know, get those wedges. Work on spinning them off the grass, and then getting the uh, and then again, as I said, in the sand. Just you don't get that ideal short game practice in the off season so getting the full rounds of golf in when you can and working on the short game as we're looking at, at the at the golf season being put to bed here oh got to turn on my mic there uh, apologies uh now how much work do you like to do in the off season like simulator work do you take I, I assume that you take some trips down to get a little bit of golf in in the off season but how much do you like to try and keep your game up well we can't go outside and play I'm a huge fan. Like I, I, I like to go out, especially at, at least trying to hit. Um, you know, go once a week, hit a bucket of balls, um, and then as if I'm coming towards the competition, you know, season. Like in your off season, you're working on things. So often you're working on strength training at that time. That's time to you know really up the game there. Uh, so in the gym, so putting some time in the gym, but then also the reps of like trying to get faster. So I think if you're looking at any swing changes, my favorite time to do any swing changes, and and if you're going to work with a coach, do it in the off season because I find mm. when you're going through swing changes, um, we revert to our old habits. So if it's going like crap on the golf course and you're not hitting it well then you just revert to your old habits. Whereas we don't have the luxury of playing in the wintertime. So any of your listeners out there who are like, you know what, I want to improve my game. This actually might be the ideal time. Go see your coach. My coach is uh, Paul Horton, PGA of Canada. Um, and I see him in the wintertime because that's when we can start working on things that I, and I won't revert to those bad habits. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely that's, that's a great time to do that as well. Alisa, uh, talk about getting quicker with your swing. What are some of the things our listeners can do to do that? Oh, you know what? A few things. Uh, one of the things that, you know, if there's some great, great swing aids out there. One, one I really like, well, two, there's one is the orange whip. I find the orange whip is just a kind of a, a long black stick with a big orange ball at the end. It just really helps with your tempo training, and that will help you kind of get the right speed, but also speed sticks. So you're swinging just the old idea of even swinging two clubs at the same time, uh, you know, 10 swings, you know, three sets of that. Doing, doing that multiple times uh, a week uh, it, it absolutely will start to add, add distance to your game. And then if you want to get a little bit more fancy, you can go and purchase what speed stick. So speed stick mm. is one of the training aids. Again, there's many out there, but it's basically the idea of swinging something heavier multiple times and then going back to your regular club. It'll feel light as a feather. And that's something that really works. And then truly you're going to have to put the work in, in terms of um, leg strength and oblique muscles. Like if you're looking at any gym training this winter, anything to work on rotational flexibility uh the the more you can turn the more coil and torque you can create the more club head speed you'll you'll create so again rotational flexibility and then those oblique muscles those are your turning muscles so anything you can do if people are working out in the gym uh this winter those are some ideas and then squats lunges plyometric leg strength 
You know, everyone always grabs my arm when they find out, oh, yeah, Lisa, you're a long driver. You know, two tickets to the gun show, right? And, and guys, like, you can Sun's out, guns out, too, Lisa. Exactly, don't forget. Exactly. Sun's out, guns out. But really, if you want to add distance, it's not in the arms. It's in the legs and the core and the glutes. So that's, those are the areas you should focus on if speed is something you're looking at uh, gaining this uh, winter. One of the things that I'm fascinated by is buying new gear. Like, I think that a lot of players who play the whole season, eventually you will get frustrated with one of your clubs and you will decide that I have to replace this club. It is the only way to make things work. I have a well, friend for who's... Sure, boys, it's, yeah, it's the club's problem. It's always... It always is. Problem, right? I have a friend who's <laughs> dealing with this with the putter right now. Should he buy gear now or should he wait till closer to the next mm. season? When's a good time to kind of go and do that shopping? Well, great question. I'm always a fan of a deal. So a, a few little things that uh, your listeners can do to try to get some of those good deals right now. Yeah, right now, even in September, typically most uh, courses close in the Calgary area. I would say around Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, some, again, if the weather's nice, they'll hold out till as long as it looks like the frost might be coming and the snow might be coming. But really, Thanksgiving weekend's kind of the official end of the golf season in Calgary for the most part. Again, courses will stay open after that if it's nice. But um, I, I would start approaching golf courses, and it, it, even if it's a, a golf course is private, their their pro shop is often very willing to sell their demo clubs. You can get killer deals right now uh, if you go to those golf courses and they, the, the sets that mm. many of them have barely been used all summer, but they're getting new product in next year, so they want to offload that stuff, and it's been gently, gently used, or if at all. So definitely check the golf courses, and this is a good time uh, uh, to, to, to do that for sure. And then also, you know, you want to look for some of the sales. So, for instance, um, I, like if you're looking at a big box retailer, Golf Town, often the first week of November, I think last year it was November 7th to 9th, they do a demo of it. Same idea. Uh, people are t- testing their golf clubs out at all the three golf town locations here in Calgary, so they're going to sell those. Those are going to go on a great discounted rate, and many of the club companies right now, Callaway, t- TaylorMade, they're launching brand-new brands right now, which means last year's brands and two, three years ago, which are brand-new, are going to be on fire sales uh, because of the new product coming out. So this actually is a good time to start looking into November and then even the Black Friday sales, watching for those Black Friday sales as well. Um, I, I will reveal that, um, I have a set of irons I've had for almost 10 years and I have never changed the grips on them. Ah, I know a lot of people talk about this, but here's my thing. Um, what does changing the grips do? What am I going to gain if I change the grips on my irons? Because up to this point, I'm thinking it's still working. But when I tell people I've never changed the grips on my irons, they look at me like I've got two heads. Well, I kind of agree with them on that one. It's the only contact between you and your golf club. A new set of grips feels like new clubs. So I'm a huge fan. The second your grips start to feel uh, uh, that they, they're slipping in your hands, especially if it's wet. Um, and again, as if you're depending on how many rounds a year you're, you're playing, if you're playing over you know, 30, 40 rounds a year, you should almost look at replacing them seasonally. Um, and what it's going to do is it's going to give you better contact to the club. You're going to have that little bit more tackiness so it doesn't twist in your hand as you're swinging if it loses some of its, its grip or tackiness, as I mentioned. But um, it, it, to me, it also needs to be fit properly. I actually was uh, fitted for clubs, and if you can believe it, Michael Jordan was in front of me. Now, I didn't get to meet him. I didn't get to meet him. They let me, they let me hold his clubs. They let me hold his clubs, and he was using the largest size grips available and had extra wraps underneath it. So a lot of golfers don't realize we all have different hand sizes. So your grip, if you go properly to get fitted, they can put wraps under your bottom hand, your top hand, to make it fit properly. If you have arthritis, um, there's grips out there to make it feel better. Um, again, some people like cord grips. Some people like more the tacky grips. So you've got to figure out what works for you. So I think regripping is a huge part of the process. 
That that's that's incredible. Wanted to ask you, Lisa, about the golf ball because if you're a weekend hacker, uh, again, it, it's great to go spend you know seventy dollars for a dozen Pro V ones, but those balls yeah. probably aren't for you. Is that the biggest misconception that you need to hit a very expensive golf ball if you're a weekend hacker? Because those golf balls are designed for a ton of spin for people that actually spin the golf ball. If you're a novice to like average to below average golfer. You shouldn't be spending too much money on golf balls, right? Well, I, I do agree to some degree with that. Like the, 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 the high-end balls definitely can create that spin. But if you don't have the club head speed to, to do that, are you wasting your money? Right. I think sometimes – exactly. So I do think that finding a ball that fits – like I think you should take time to try different balls out. What I actually had this same discussion with uh, one of my mentors, uh, PGA of Canada uh, uh, instructor uh, Scott McLeod out of Ottawa and he said he, what he feels is that with all the students that he works with using the same ball like often it's like hey what ball do you use hey the one I found right so those are the ones you, you know those are the easiest answers but when you're changing your brand of ball and type of ball it's hard to get that consistency so he's a big fan of whatever ball you do like stick with that ball and, and, and purchase that ball so you can get used to it. But I do agree, if you don't have the right club at speed and you're not compressing the ball, you're not getting the value out of the ball of how it was designed. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to buy necessarily those $75 dozen balls. Uh, that's great, uh, that, That's great, great yeah. advice. Uh, Lisa, before we go, uh, tell us what you're up to. Oh, well, geez, I'm uh, um, actually, um, so I'm, uh, I'm going to be going to do a bunch of clinics this month in Alberta uh, and, and Saskatchewan. So I'm doing three clinics at uh, Golf Town locations uh, in Red Deer, Edmonton, uh, Regina, and Saskatoon this month. Then I'm off on September 30th to run a golf school for women down in Palm Springs. So super pumped about that. And I'll do more of those in Orlando and Phoenix uh, this winter. I'm excited to play for my Calgary Flames. I'm going to the Calgary Flames golf tournament. Maybe I'll see you boys there. Yes, you will. Um, yes. Yes, September 13th, baby. So I'm looking, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, actually also being a hockey mom. So I'm going to the Hitman game tonight. My son is a prospect for the Red Deer Rebels. So I'm going to go cheer him on. He's in the lineup tonight and hoping to crack the squad this year as a 16-year-old. So uh, mixing my time between hockey mom and still getting some golf in. Uh, I love it. Uh, just do us a favor next time you're on the show, Lisa. Can you please bring some energy and positivity? Maybe a coffee I first, really something like that, a shot of espresso. I've never even had a coffee, boys. I've never even had a cup of coffee. <laughs> Maybe on Wednesday yes. at the golf tournament. There we go. Maybe. I'm looking forward to it, gentlemen. All right. Uh, sounds good. Uh, Lisa Longball, okay, Bluswick. We'll see, we'll see you at the tournament on Wednesday. Thanks for this. I look forward to it. Wishing you many birdies. Yes. All right. Okay. Awesome. There she Love is it. in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, something has uh, come our way here. Uh, a little bit of tidbit of news from Mr. Elliot Friedman on Elias Lindholm. Uh, we're going to play the clip from 32 Thoughts. We'll talk about it. And then we'll do plays of the week and say goodbye. What do you think, Maddie? I, that sounds like I, I couldn't, don't know if we could start the weekend any better, frankly. No, you can't. Um, here's the latest on Elias Lindholm from one Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts. Jonathan Huberto's extension kicks in this year 10.5 if you're trading Elias Lindholm what is the plan that makes Huberto better and I thought that was a great point that someone made to me about Huberto you can look at it in a vacuum and say argue the value of Lindholm's eight-year deal and let's say it's eight times 8.75 let's or eight times nine you can argue the merits of that contract for Lindholm But I think the way you have to look at it is what are the merits of that contract, not only for Lindholm, but for Huberto? Mm -hmm. 
Does Lindholm sign for eight more years put Huberto in a situation to be better and to get back to who he was? That's interesting. So that was another an interesting perspective. Team executive that was talking to Elliot. Uh, I just took that out off the top, but there was another team executive, not with the Flames, obviously, that he was talking to, and that was a point that was brought up to him. I think it's an interesting point, and it's certainly valid. The one thing is that that experiment did not work last season. It was a limited experiment. I don't know if we all remember, but there was the one quote from Daryl Sutter after they got split up where he mentioned that Lindholm didn't like playing or alluded that Lindholm didn't like playing with Huberto. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a valid point for sure, and I think it rings true. I don't know if you're getting better play from Jonathan Huberto if he's playing alongside Caudry or Backlund. And not necessarily better play, but I don't know if he has a higher ceiling for a point total if he's playing with either of those two, right? Sure. Um, but at the same time, it hasn't worked. I think it would that we would all like it to work. Like, Going into last season, we were sitting in this room, and I was talking about, man, I think Elias Lindholm could probably score 40 again with Jonathan Huberdeau on his wing. And they played together for less than a dozen games. So I think it's a valid point. And the number he throws out there for Lindholm, by the way, 875 to 9 or 8.5 to $9 million, right, is what we're all kind of hearing right now. But yeah, I, I just, thought it was an interesting I, point. Sure, it is an interesting point, but I just don't think Elias Lindholm gives two you-know-whats about uh, Jonathan Huberto's production and his contract. I think that's obviously an organizational thing. And Yeah. Th- yeah, like Elias Lindholm, like I think playing with Jonathan Huberto, I'm not even sure if that's even, you know, a sticking point for Elias Lindholm. I think it's more of uh, how, how the room is, how the atmosphere around the team is now, what the culture's like, because obviously from everything we've heard, from behind the scenes, it wasn't fun to play for the Calgary Flames last season. Yes. And there's a big reason for that, and we know what that reason is, and that reason is no longer here. And I think... Uh, and there's a, there's a new... What's that? No, go ahead, please. Uh, and there's obviously there, there's a new guy in charge that a lot of the guys like, and I think if he's comfortable and wants to stay here long term, the money he wants is here. Like, mm-hmm. Elias Lindholm is not... If, if Elias Lindholm goes to unrestricted free agency, he'll get less term, and he'll probably make around the same money. If not a little less, we don't even know what the free agency uh, will look like. Well, the salary cap's going up, yeah. But what what's the maximum Elias Lindholm's going to make? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Free agency. Nine and a half, maybe? Ten at the utmost? Like, I don't even know. So, to me, like, the Jonathan Huberdeau thing is great from a Calgary Flames perspective because you've invested so much into the future of the Flames in one player on the wing but to me, like it's just about if Elias Lindholm is comfortable and wants to stay here long term. That's all it is. I don't think I don't think Jonathan Huberto has anything to do with his decision. Well, no, and and that, I don't think that was the point either. Like I think no, this I know, was but more... I understand what the point is from the Flames' perspective. Yeah, I this get is that. more of a Flames' perspective type of thing, and right. being like, hey, sure. if he's gonna if he wants nine million dollars, like what's your other option for trying to get Jonathan Huberto right? Right. Yeah. I think this is more about the Flames kind of opening up the pocketbook and making sure that if Lindholm's going to say nine, but the Flames aren't going to him and haw about nine. I think that is more the thought. And and hey, if you trade him, you trade him by all means and you get value back most likely. But you're not going to get somebody that's going to make Jonathan Huberto better now if you trade Elias Lindholm. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting. And uh, that'll be the question also asked, uh, right away. He and so his family are now in town as well. So if you see them, don't bother them. Maybe be nice, yeah. but don't pressure them. Just, just be nice. Just, yeah. Try and try and be cool. Eggshells. Yeah. Just, Egg just shells, is that what you're saying? Act like you're cool. 
right? Don't don't yeah, don't be, be cool. weird. That's all I'm There's saying. Don't be weird home. if be you cool, run into cool. Elias Lindholm and his family. Yeah, exactly. Don't even recognize. Be cool. The guy. Be cool. Just keep walking by. Yeah. Just, no. Yeah, no. 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 You want to recognize him? You want to say hey, hello, hello, uh, hello and, okay. and very gentlemanly, and maybe buy him a coffee, <laughs> but you don't want to pressure him. You don't. You don't want. Yeah. We don't need to pressure yeah. him. We don't want to overwhelm him. He's here. He's got a yeah. new child. He doesn't need to be overwhelmed. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. You're like, oh, be cool. Oh, hey, Elias. It's nice to meet you. It's oh, nice I'm a to big meet fan you. Of yours. Uh, are you saying? <laughs> I can't oh, help it. Are you saying? Oh, Tell oh, me, I'm worried. Oh my god. So yeah, be cool. Uh, did he put up his house for sale, or is he buying another home? <laughs> I don't. Is like, he that, moving we'll to Brentwood? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We need we need some. Uh, we need a real estate. Yeah, a realty insider. <laughs> yeah, or when Bradtree Living came back uh, for the Brian Burke thing, it's like trees in town. There's a trade happening. Oh, Leafs. Yeah, he's gonna fly here to make a trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. do it over the phone anymore. No, they can do it. They in don't person. do that at all. <laughs> okay, uh, that's uh, pretty much it for us, Patrick. What do you got coming up in Mucho Big Show? Well, Big Show, we're Mucho gonna. Bauer, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, we're, 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 we'll, we'll revisit that uh, Caleb Joseph conversation. That was really fun. That was fascinating. Yes. Uh, he did talk about the Blue Jays, but I don't remember anything he said about the Blue Jays. I'm just obsessed with what he said about All the Blue Jays. All I know is it, it, he, he said if they sweep the Royals, then look out Texas, because I don't have a damn feeling about Texas, and I think Toronto's going to run them over. He also said he cool. was more intrigued by Spencer Horowitz than Babe Davis, which I found intriguing. I found that interesting, too. Um, I'm off uh, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. And I will uh, I will see you knuckleheads on Wednesday morning. Can't wait. Rest up, bud. What's up? It's- Grind time. Here we go. Football's yeah, hockey on. Season. Hockey's around the corner. Around the it's corner. The best sports. Best time of year. Let's go. The uh, sports uh, in full force. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, we're going to leave you with, uh, I don't know, the plays of the week, I guess. Like it's our highlights or lowlights. I don't even know. It's just stuff we did during the week that's thrown together by GVP. And like, how long are they? 90 seconds? How long is this? Two minutes usually. Oh, boy. Okay. Two minutes of uh, of plays of the week. Uh, enjoy. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Maddie, we'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. Bye. This is the best of the worst of the big show with Russick and Rose. Our man Jason Buchla join us in, uh, join us in, joins us at the join us in. Let's join us in. Joins us at the. <laughs> I'm on my A game today. Yeah, we're really sharp out of the gate. Sharp's attack. Yeah. Just, Happy K. Yeah, have it your way. Have it your way. Yeah, they used to be their OG jingle and they brought it back. You rule. <laughs> I, anything from Greece, I'm down with. Olive oil to okay. slick that hair back. Linda Ronstadt. The worst words of Barney Cumble from the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, Linda Ronstadt. All right, this man's uh, a gangster. His real name's Matthew. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. I did do my homework. I'm telling you that they have too many receivers, and therefore I don't like the play. Okay. All right. You don't have to get. You don't have to get snippy about it, Matthew. Did you miss me? Um. Do you have a um, salad? Do Tall Molson but, Canadians in uh, mixed greens. How do you pronounce M I L K? Milk. Because there's a lot of over. people in the Midwest <laughs> that say milk. Don't worry, guys. I, I do do this for a living. <laughs> Baby, when I met you, there was peace unknown. I set you out to get you with a fine tooth comb. I was soft inside. There was something going on. <laughs> you 
do something to me that I can't explain. Hold me closer and I feel no pain. Every beat, Every beat of my heart, we, we got, got something, something going, going on. <laughs> Tender love is blind, it requires a dedication. <laughs> All this love we feel needs no, no, no conversation. conversation. We ride it together. Uh huh. Making love with each other. Hang on. Uh huh. Here we go. Let's do it, Patrick. Yeah, let's go. Islands in the stream. This is what we are. No one in between. How can we be wrong? Sail away with me to another world. And we rely on each other. Uh-huh. From one lover to another. Uh-huh. All right. There you go, Maddie. Here's your gambler, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton. The Big Show with George Russick and Maddie Rose. Weekdays when you wake up.